and rising everyone. Now they come to the spirit and copy. You come and copy here. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay, let's get started. Um, as we were talking about the wind carries it in its belly, so we're talking about the air um, and how to utilize air um, in our body, right? Our spirit, mind, body, how to co-create with the, the elements within our body, okay? So in most religions, when the Godhead takes form, it is either as a fiery light or as the wind, be it gentle breeze or a frightful gale. Early Hindu texts state that the wind came before the light and originated from the empty space created by the longing for the first spirit. And in later Hindu traditions, wind is a cosmic breath of the word of God of creation. In Jewish legends, wind and water were not created, but were present from the beginning of time and represented the eternal presence of the one mind and the one thing. In Islamic belief, the wind supports the first waters, which bore the throne of God, which is a uh, classic symbol of the one thing. Heaven rises up from the watery vapors and carries the divine throne up to it to create the above and the below. According to the ancient Syrian text, the word was created by the dark wind that made it with itself as it hovered over the uh, primeval chaos. In Zoroastrian, Zoroastrian religions of ancient Persia, the spirit of the wind was a 15-year-old boy who controlled the primordial waters and gave it life to living things. In Egypt, the god um, Amen was the source of the cool north wind and blew over the deserts at night. And Sumerian worshipped a supreme god whose name literally meant puff of wind. Druid priests worshipped the wind and reportedly harnessed its power to drive away invaders and landing on the shores of England. Uh, the same Islamic text that state the wind supports the throne of God says the wind is composed of cloud, air, and countless invisible wings. It is through these countless wings that most of us know the wind. Through the invisible, the wind can be produced by a violent dramatic effect and an unpredictable powerful force, which can um, only be reckoned with when it is active. The howling wind carries forces that threaten the st status quo, causing thunderstorms, tornadoes, hurricanes that are outside man's control. Yet without the element of air that makes up the wind, we all suffocate within, within a few minutes. Good morning, Talian. So again, good morning, whoever just got on Facebook. Um, we we're talking about air and the importance of air and how to utilize air and how to harness air for our own spiritual alchemy and what that means internally for us. Um, as practitioners of spiritual alchemy. What, how do we utilize this now? It is a um, natural law. Again, the alchemists using natural law as the highest form of law because it exists with <laughs> without us, right? If we disappear, the wind's still here. Um, but we use air as a way to co-create. So air is the archetypal element of the wind and like the wind has always been associated with spiritual forces. Gatson Blanchard called the element of air the psychic growth hormone, um, whose uh, contrary rising and falling movements are based uh, for all transformational psychology. Stagnant personalities need air. So stagnant personalities need air, meaning um, I would say if you're stagnant, you typically become depressed, sad, don't move, 
um, toxic waters, right? Think about water, water has to move and air moves it. Um, there's that force, right? And air um, with condensation, we see that the air gets transformed into something else or the water gets formed into something else and then rain and all that stuff is interconnected. So they're not separate, they interconnect and they sort of communicate with one another. It's the same with us. We don't wanna stay still um, because then we become tox toxic basically. So the air helps stagnant personalities need air. And in this sense, air is the life force itself. The primordial chi um, in, in Taoist philosophy. That's why I was telling you the chi within us. Now people kind of like, well, what is chi? How do we use chi? It's really cool. Um, and good morning, Christina. So I was, uh, did a workshop in Kung Fu that I told you guys about where we did deep breathing, yin-yang breathing, which is to harness our chi. You harness your chi from the deep, 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 deep root of our belly, which would be, they call it the dantian. That's what they call it in Kung Fu. And that dantian is where we pull that vital force from, that chi energy, and it radiates through our body. Now, it's pretty cool because in Kung Fu, we turn out candles with our chi. And you can see your own energy and how powerful it is. And you can see how you can harness that chi within you to direct energy somewhere now um with candles right so you pull it up and then you barely go like that and it turns off if you know how to focus your chi properly if you don't then the candle doesn't turn off <laughs> but if you do it right it does and then you can direct it in different places so like we put a candle in the front and the back and we're like focus on the back candle so you focus on the candle at the back and and sometimes you do the one in the front and you're like darn it you know, I'm not focused, right? So you readjust and then finally you get it. And then you just keep practicing it. So that's harnessing the chi is what's really important. It's through the breath. Super powerful, super, super powerful stuff, I tell you. Um, the alchemic operations corresponding to air and the wind is separation. Um, so which is, um, is seen as birth of the child of the... Uh, marriage of the sun and the moon. In the great work, separation is the removal of the practicing um, uh, alchemists from the corners of ordinary reality. So he or she can truly discern what is the value of the experiment. Um, it must uh, occur at the proper moment or all is lost. We will examine the process of separation in more detail in chapter 13, separation identifying essence. So um, separation. Now, here's where the biggest issue started. We believed in separation after we started to do it. So um, perhaps alchemy needs to reassess, um, in my opinion, as I've come to understand alchemy and, and understand what it is. I see holes in the writing. I see um, misdirects in the writing that I feel have caused a true detriment to humanity. Because if you get alchemy wrong, you can explode things up. If you, the, that's why it's a very careful process. You wouldn't apply alchemy to your life um, all at once because you would totally deconstruct everything and you'd be left with a mess. And then not knowing maybe how to reconstruct your life. I wouldn't recommend, that's why I say this work is not easy. Um, of course I teach it because it is the true path to healing. We, we can heal ourselves and we can tap into our divine purpose, but it takes time. 
So I wouldn't say do everything at once. If you are wanting to walk the path of a spiritual alchemist, you've got to be very careful with this work. You can totally ruin your entire life. I mean, you don't want to do that, right? Who wants to do that? We're already dealing with enough shit, right? However, if you do it properly and you do it in steps and you can see where the misdirects were because we're working with maybe the elixir of somebody else. We're working under somebody else's processes. Now, here's the deal. We do it all the time. People create processes all the time, right? Um, like the law of attraction, something that um, people keep talking. Is it that law of attraction keeps coming up? People are like, you believe in it, you believe in it. And I'm like, different people from different walks of life, people that don't even know each other. I'm like, why is the law of attraction talking to me? What's going on with the law of attraction? Um, and yes, there is such thing as being able to manifest. Um, I don't know if it's the law of attraction or law of manifestation. You know, I, I would say law of manifestation, um, a law of abundance. Um, but the law of attraction, if you looked at the secret, it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? So we're looking at these processes that people created. It's their alchemy. My process to manifest may not work for you. So you, what I do is I teach people how to come to their own process because their life is vastly different. The way they think about it, the way they approach the language that they use, how they construct their life is completely different. But if I said, here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, and I can manipulate. So we see the manipulation circulating throughout all humanity. People understand the process. They may not even know it's alchemy, right? We do know alchemy. Here's the deal. We know alchemy, regardless if you want to or not, you breathe, that's alchemy. <laughs> you you understand it in in language because it exists in language it exists in nature so it's there now tapping into it is is the process that helps us to co-create right helps us to develop and create people use alchemy all the time not knowing it and so what ends up happening is that we end up having these crazy <laughs> We have these ideas that we think are going to work. We apply them and then they cause great, 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 great tragedy and big messes, right? Sometimes even we have it within companies. You'll see companies do this. They'll have an idea. They'll try to apply it and it just goes south. Um, we see alchemy happening in especially chemistry um, where they're doing all these scientific projects um, and they're hurting animals and doing all kinds. Really what they're doing is applying their alchemy to these these animals and to the people that's what they're doing they're saying hey let me try my alchemy on you and see if it works you know and and we call it science now we're like oh those are test trials or whatever we're calling them really what it is it's alchemy and it's somebody else's i'm like don't bring your alchemy on me i don't want it i don't even know what you're doing i don't i know what i'm doing for me i know my alchemy and i know what works for me so the same for you right is true you have the power to take it back. You have the power to create your own process. Um, and it, there are steps and there's ways to do it. And again, um, you know, teaching in baby steps, but you don't want to devour everything right away. You don't want to take this fast. You, this is not something that you're going to go fast at. It's something that's a very slow process. It's a slow process so that when you do it, like if you did something crazy, right? <laughs> it's like trying to ride a wave. If we just talked about waves, you just get out there. If you've never, ever surfed in your life and try to catch the biggest wave, you will probably die. <laughs> you are not going to. There's too much 
chaos. There's too much happening, right? And and so we try the the kiddie pools, right? So we go to like the baby weeds or whatever, and we we try to even stand up and get our grounding before we can even take on a big wave. So we need the the small steps, right? The baby steps to get there. So I highly encourage it if you start on the uh, spiritual alchemy journey and you're trying to figure out what the elixir is for your life, right? To to really truly manifest something that's beautiful and gives back to humanity. Now, I would say a both and working with with nature, not against it. Working with nature. If you work with nature, you're going to naturally work with humans because we're part of nature. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a little harder work with humans. <laughs> Dogs are easy, right? Cats get a little harder. So we can kind of just look that there's these temperaments that we can work with and try to figure out like, how do we be in partnership with the dog? How do we be in partnership with the cat? You know, um, we had different kinds of divide right now. I feel a different kind of divide. Uh, yeah. Well, tell me what you mean. A different kind of divide. I think people right now are looking for a new way, uh, and I don't know if this is what you mean, they're looking for a new way of being in the world. This old system doesn't work, and we're recognizing them. They're doing everything they can to keep us asleep. They're throwing weird programming at us. They're creating metaverses. They're creating all these things to keep us under a spell. Um, and people will buy in, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing right, wrong, good, or bad in alchemy, but there is a result. There is a consequence. So any choice that you make has some sort of a consequence or result, okay? And so we, they are creating their own alchemy. Even even Facebook, even uh, Podbean, right? That was somebody's idea. So we can even bring it down to that. Somebody said, hey, uh, this is my alchemy. I want to bring voice to a, a platform. And they created it. And out of that creation, we have this. Now, this is their alchemy, and we're leveraging their alchemy in order to what? Well, me, so that I can teach, <laughs> teach alchemy. Same with Facebook, same with all that, right? Notice um, with social media what it does. It steers you away from your true alchemy, and now you're in ingrained in somebody else's alchemy. You're not ingrained. You could be ingrained in the people you're watching. You're, you're watching their alchemy, right, if they're putting out content right um or and more than is you're in mark zuckerberg's alchemy he created it he created facebook that was his alchemy <laughs> and it's it's to a detriment there was a consequence to it right the consequences being that people are wasting time i waste time i see myself wasting time and i have to like remind myself no right so they started to develop and create this and so is off the reality if your if our own true belief system of our own true belief system social media is off the reality um so social media is part of our reality the act of utilizing it isn't reality and what's happening on there there's this there's this mask that people create within it but it is a reality the reality is is people are on it and it's wasting their time so there's a truth there and we can all say yes we do i don't know about you i don't know maybe some people just don't like i don't watch tv i don't watch news i don't watch all that but i do watch facebook and that's an addiction i have right so i have to be honest with myself and that is my reality 
I could lie and say, no, I don't, but that's not true. <laughs> and then I can't, how can I, how can I not fix it? But how can I maneuver through it? How can I, I have to recognize my addictions, right? And so social media was the alchemy of other individuals and other people, just like programming, right? When we see TVs and, and, and all that was somebody's idea. When we talked about airwaves, right? Even the airwaves, when we first started to do radio and airwaves, that was somebody who harnessed that alchemy and said, oh, I can see this alchemy. So we wouldn't have the airwaves if it, was, it wasn't for that person who understood how to harness it and utilize it to broadcast. Alchemy. They use natural law as a way to co-create. And we exist in that. And so the programming and broadcasting, and just goes on and on and on and on and on. And so you can all bring it back to spiritual alchemy. But we're under the constraint the construct of somebody else's alchemy. And it, it was given to us because we were born into it. So we were born into it, it was already here. So how do we then start to change the dialogues? Well, that's a big, huge question. Not an easy one either. Because how many people are actually truly doing the work? You guys, all of you, six people, <laughs> right? It's like, it's not like you have a, a big mass wave of individuals who are trying to reconstruct and recreate the world. There are pockets of people for sure that I know of that are trying to apply their alchemy, but it's hard when there's a system that's already in place. How do you live outside a system that you've already been a part of, you were born into? It becomes a very, very difficult thing to do. Good morning, Rock. So what do we do? How do we reconstruct? First of all, we've got to understand how to apply it to our own life because there is a consequence for everything we do. It's just, there just is. And it's always going to be that way, good or bad. Now, I don't want to say good or bad. I can say um, heart, uh, suffering or not suffering. We'll just say it that way. We put something out there. The feedback can either be suffering or it can be harmony, right? It could be bliss or it could be. So we have sort of this uh, duality at play in a way right now either not right wrong or good or bad so i don't want to say good or bad because it's not um our own existing world is complicated yeah it is um and and it is com complicated and complex and it's also easy that's the thing it's easy but in the easy there's complex and that's where we have the paradox right where we're going like well it's easy but it's not so easy <laughs> humans make it there you go yes the rock we do we overcomplicate shit if we lived in harmony with nature, things would just flow or we die, you know, but we want to live. And because we want to live, we do all kinds of crazy, weird shit <laughs> for survival, just for survival. That's where, you know, that's really what we're talking about at the end of the day okay. is survival. How do we survive generations to come? Um, because if you, uh, if you look at us, um, Half the stuff we do is not even for survival. Um, it's actually because it is, it started, it stemmed from survival, right? It stemmed from survival and what happened, so we'll go a little, go a little bit into this. It stemmed from survival. And what happened is physiologically, right? We have our sympathetic and parasympathetic system. So for survival, our sympathetic system was ignited. So when we were at harmony with nature, 
um, at One With Nature, we would turn on the sympathetic system. That sympathetic system was, you know, oh my God, there's a huge cat coming at me, a, a lion, I need to survive. So we had to learn how to survive. As we started to understand how to, I don't even want to say control, but we we did take control, right? We said, we're at the top of the food chain and everything's beneath us. And when we started to do that and, and elevate and separate ourselves from the animal kingdom, right? And say, hey, you know, whatever. Um, we still had that trigger of the sympathetic system in us. And so right now we're a society that's triggered by that that primal survival thing. Now we don't need it. So you're absolutely right, right? You're absolutely right, but we're triggered by it. So the anxiety gets high for people. They feel the need to survive and they they put on the fight, flight, or freeze. And if something's being taken away from someone, they feel like they have to fight for it, which ignites again, that survival part of our physiological part of us, which is our sympathetic system. Um, and so um, we release the cortisol in our blood. And before you know it, we're in survival mode, even when we don't need to be. So teaching ourselves that we don't need to be is a, is a actual, um, uh, <laughs> it's like, but nobody survives. Yeah, nobody does. You're absolutely right. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's what ends up happening, right? So we have this uh, sympathetic system that's actually ignited that we don't need in times. I see it happening to myself, but we live in a very anxiety-driven uh, place or societies and communities for survival, okay? Um, let's see, we move into eternal life after death. Survival is naturally built in our agendas. Yeah, we are certainly tactics to maintain our existence in the physical experience as humans, yeah. Um, oops, I'm okay, <laughs> like that, I'm okay, good. Um, so, so it's there. Right. And so we know that. And so do we need it? No. But do we use it? Yes. Like we could really not fully chill out. Right. We can chill out as a humanity and actually take a break and breathe and actually allow ourselves to enjoy the ride. Um, but we've been so driven by this sympathetic system that people feel like things are theirs. They want to control. And if you t try to take away their control, guess what? They're not they're going to die. So their sympathetic system ignites and they fight or flight or freeze. And usually it's they fight, especially when it comes to like control and what we see in our governments today, right? They're they're fighting for power. They're like, they're freaking out, especially here in America, because there's more colored people, right? I hate to say colored people, but there are, if we looked at it through our systems, um, we typically see white males, right? That have dominated. Well, that's not the case anymore. And equities become a big conversation and people don't understand equity because they're like, what do you mean equity? Like, we just tell you what to do and you do it. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, that's not how it's working anymore. <laughs> we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to have a shared voice of community. Right. And so it's, a, it's interesting. We just see the world is very different. Right. Right now there's still kind of the only control that is still has America is still kind of the only control that still has freedom. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, well, the richest people are still white. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're talking monetarily, right? Monetarily. Like they have things, they collect things, um, <laughs> collect houses, they collect properties. Um, but really, they own nothing and they control everything. Something that uh, Rockefeller said, right? 
own nothing but control everything. And that goes into other stuff. And I'm not even going to get into the commerce piece of it, but whatever. Okay. But America is still kind of one of the old. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, LaRock, where are you from again? I think you've told me. I don't know if you say it. Yes, they own land. Bezos has bought. I know. It's like, they don't. do they really own it? No. Who owns what? <laughs> really? We're like borrowing things. Like you can't own land. Like that's like saying I own nature. Like you don't own. That's why I talk about spiritual alchemy, right? But in their minds, they own it. It's theirs. Don't touch it. Florida, but I'm an immigrant. Okay. From South America. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I told you that I thought about moving out to Florida. It would be a nice place, I think, to move. I don't. How do you like it, LaRock? Do you like Florida? Tell me. Because I might move out there. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting out of here. Sometimes I wonder if the system is designed to weed out as many people as possible so that few elite are left. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They do that all the time, of course. I, I mean, they need slave labor, so they keep they try to keep us, uh, you know, entertained. Keep them entertained and just comfortable. And then um, if we start to wake up, then they're like, uh, you got to kill the ones that know. Kill them all. <laughs> we need puppets. Yes, it's beautiful. Only stay with comments. I know, I know. You know what? I'm going to move there. Beaches. Yeah, I know. You know what, LaRock? You're convincing me. By the way, I like you guys' little, I don't know what these are called, the little Kusana and the little yin yang. Yin yang being one of the best symbols ever. Ireland. There you go. Woo woo. Go visit Ireland. Let's go visit everywhere. Why not? Travel the world, even though it's in a weird state right now. Um, for now, we are going to look at the separation, um, how separation works on the personal level, which is really cool because the separation is the issue, right? How do we, it's not, a, okay, I don't want to say it's an issue. I've got to watch my words here. Separation is an issue if you believe that that's all that exists is separation. Now, yin-yang, right? You have the yin-yang symbol that tells you there's not separation, that in even the dark, there's light, and even in the light, there's dark. So we have both and we learn to synergize both to wield our chi or our energy. Now, you may not know this, um, the wolf, I don't know if you, the wolf, Al, I don't know if you know this, but in Tai Chi, the symbol for Tai Chi is yin yang. And Tai Chi, um, the process of Tai Chi, and you learn this in Kung Fu. I don't know if you even know that this is part of Kung Fu. Tai Chi is part of Kung Fu. So in the yin yang, um, what it does is it's how to wield your energy within the yin and the yang, how to utilize it. And Tai Chi is probably, not probably, it is the highest form of Kung Fu that you can get to. Um, people don't know this about Tai Chi. They don't know that the yin yang and what it represents. I don't know, maybe they do, but really what it represents in Kung Fu is the, uh, it's a, I don't want to say fighting strategy, but it's a protection strategy. Um, what it is, fighting strategy. So Tai uh, Chi means the grand ultimate fist. It is the grand ultimate fist. And the grand ultimate fist in that it doesn't block. There's no blocks in Tai Chi. You don't block when you're fighting in Tai Chi. You redirect energy and the energy that is built up gets redirected back into your opponent. So it becomes like triple the force or whatever the force. It's the most deadly form of Kung Fu, believe it or not. Now, people don't know this, in, especially in America. Um, they think that it's, and it is, 
a way to meditate and move the body. They don't even realize that they're practicing like the deadliest form of Kung Fu. However, it takes years and 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 years to get that good. So 10 years, you're just a beginner. That's what they say in Kung Fu. 10 years of doing Tai Chi daily, you're just a beginner. So the ultimate masters, the grand masters, the greatest Kung Fu masters were Tai Chi masters. So I don't know if you guys know that. But there you go, a little bit about uh, Kung Fu and the yin yang. And that's what we're looking at. Like separation is important to understand, but we don't want to exist there. And that's that's what's happening right now. Everybody is programmed to think that there's um, us versus them, black and white, day and night. And, and they don't see it, as, they see it as separate, as set of one whole system that ha- that works together in tandem. The greatest... This is the greatest issue. This is where the actual curse started. That's it. The curse of humanity started when we thought that we were separate. And that's where the active imagination got put to the side. And they were able to say, oh, night is bad. Dark is bad. So, you know, and they started to put this um, idea about light and bright and being blissful. And then so you see society. We just want to be happy. Yeah. But guess what? There's this other piece, and that piece wields the energy. It harnesses the energy to redirect it into light. So literally, we need both. And and so we see this separation. And as you see the separation happen, you could literally, this is, if you looked at every system that we have today that is a government, you'll see that separation exists. And that's what they, that's how they use. They use separation. We know this, right? But how? not just the people. They're not just separating people by color and all this stuff. No, they've separated light. They've separated day and night. They've separated everything, right? It's fragmentation. And this was uh, a paradigm that we live under. We're trying to come back into a paradigm of integration and living systems. So if you guys want to look at paradigms, you guys can look at those paradigms. Um, And those paradigms tell us that we need to bridge it back into wholeness. The yin-yang, great symbol. So so there you go, uh, the Wafel. That's probably, it's the most profound symbol known to man, in my opinion. It's the integration of both the light and the dark. I mean, and it shows that how the synergy works and it it moves through. And if we learn how to wield the yin-yang energy in ourselves, well, we become Tai Chi masters. <laughs> redirect that energy. <laughs> I absorb none of it. I just I redirect it very easily. And then I move out of the way of the energy that's coming at me. I don't, I don't have to even block. Tai Chi masters don't use blocking techniques at all. There's no blocking in Tai Chi. It's all redirect of energy. Pretty cool stuff. Trust me, I do sticky hand sparring in Kung Fu. It's fun. <laughs> Um, and that's what we do. We learn how to to balance the energy between the two fighters. So sticky hand sparring, there's no blocking. There's a redirective energy. And then when you come back and strike, it's like five times the force. Pretty cool stuff, right? We could do that in our life, okay? Um, so uh, let's see. For now, we're going to look at uh, separation as it works at a uh, personal level. Psychologically, if we do not reject old habits and beliefs when confronted with the possibility of a better way to begin, we end up imprisoned by the tyrannical ego complex that will perpetuate an illusion just to keep control. 
Sometimes the more talented we are and the more we have going for us, the harder it is to break away. A good example of that popular is a popular musician who gave up everything to find his essence. Huh, this is really interesting, that last quote, because it's kind of where I'm at in my life, thinking about how we build up our success and let it go. Um, I will say this, um, and, and I'll make this my last point, is that in tarot, we see the process of the tower. And the tower, if you look at it in tarot, is pretty scary to some people because what they see is a, a deconstruction of a building and people flying out and fire and all that. And really what it means is that you're you're deconstructing the very foundation you created. So it's like a house. We build a house, we lay the foundation and we build it up. And then if it's not built properly, it comes tumbling down. And that's the tower. And it's because our foundation maybe wasn't strong enough or maybe when we were building up, we didn't build up in a proper way. So our lives, we do this, okay? I'll apply it to your life. Your life has a foundation. If you don't have a foundation, guess what? It's never you're never going to be able to build on it. It's ne you're never going to be able to build it up. So, but then sometimes we do. Sometimes we're like, "Damn, we got a good foundation. You know, I'm successful. I'm doing these things. I'm doing everything I want." But something still, you're like, mm, "But I'm not doing my divine purpose. I'm not doing." You know, you feel this thing inside of you, and sometimes we have to give it all up. That's the hardest part for people, and that's and it is. And then it should be hard because a tower event's not easy. If you look at it in the tarot, it doesn't look fun. It doesn't look like, oh, yay, I want to do that. But if you understand alchemy and you understand what comes after the tower and you understand the process of alchemy, you'll understand that once you let go, your greatest wish will be granted. See, we get in the way of ourselves, and we hear these things all the time. But sometimes it's nice to have a depiction or pictures or um, an understanding of the process that happens after letting go hardest thing to do we build up our life and then we have this beautiful foundation and we're comfortable in our process but we just know that it's not it there's something deeper there for us and so sometimes we devour I've done this many times over in my life completely wipe the slate clean and start it again over and over and over and every time it's a new journey, it's a new opportunity to learn. <laughs> if you, um, sorry, I was doing something. I did acknowledge what you said. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. No worries. Um, and then we'll see. Yes, everything you say is true. Okay, so if you look at that, now taking down the foundation and rebuilding it, if you learn that process, you're not scared. Now, it's still scary. Sometimes I'm like, damn, do I let this all go? I just built all this. Now I'm going to let it go. And if you go back in history, like if you've got, if you go to my Facebook and see my Spirit and Coffee I've done on Facebook uh, longer than on Podbean, um, you'll see all of the transitions of my life, right? So it's just an account of seeing I've moved from place to place to place to place to place, like a, a little nomad. Um, and recreating the wheel and reinventing the wheel and saying, okay, here I am. This is what I'm doing. I'm taking it down. I'm rebuilding it back up. And you'll see that at every part of my life, I'm, I'm okay. I'm taken care of. So you will be taken care of. And, and when you let go, um, something new will arise. So sometimes it's really hard to let go though. And even for me, sometimes right? I have to remind myself, you know, I'm a practitioner of the great work. And as a practitioner, I get to remind myself, yeah, let go. 
And guess what? The next journey is always better than the one before. It always is. And I'm like, wow, that was awesome. Now what am I up to? Now what do I get to create? And people are like, damn, what are you doing? You're doing all kinds of shit. Yeah, I am doing all kinds of shit because guess what? I get to. <laughs> and I love it. It's fun for me, right? Um, so there you go. Um, so uh, hopefully this is helpful. Also, um, uh, continue. The next one is the separation of the seven. Uh, Georgian? Georgian? I don't know how to say his name. Steven. Sorry. Separation of Stephen Georgian or whoever. He was born. He was a Greek father of, and Swedish uh, mother living in England. Wow. Um, and he goes into detail about how this is applied to somebody's life and what it might look like. Um, and so there's different um, stories about different people and how this might look, um, the separation and what that means. Know that we're living in it and that right now a new way of engaging in the world is being called forth. A new paradigm, a new consciousness is rising, a new way of um, engaging in these systems. and um, it's really hard right now for those individuals who don't want to let go of the old systems. And that's why we see some crazy weird shit happening. They're holding on to control as much as they can. They don't want the new, um, paradigm to come in. And that's why, because they don't want to let go. It's a tower event, right? They don't want to, <laughs> who wants that? It's a cosmic tower event. We've seen this cosmic tower event in what's happened, right? So when we look, transcend the personal story of what's going on and we we start looking at it from a bigger scope we see that we're in a cosmic uh tower um and what comes after is the star now how long do we have to go through this cosmic tower i don't know that for me i couldn't say we're still in it we're still in it we still see people that are being forced to do things they don't want to um, which is against natural law when you force people to do things they don't want to, right? Um, don't give humans choice, all these things that are happening. Um, and we see the pressure coming on as a tower event. And really to get through it, you have to have some spiritual grounding. And spiritual alchemy can help you ground in that way and, and let you know what's next. So it gives you like a clue, right? You can almost prophesize, okay, well, this is going on. This is probably what's next. And it does, Okay. So it kind of just goes right next. It's kind of like that's where prophets do. They're not, not that they're so, um, they can see the future. And some people can, but it's more that they can just see the processes. They see what's happening and they can understand what's going to happen next. So tarot being something that um, helps us to kind of understand what might be next in the process. So there you go. Um, I love you guys so, 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 so much. Um, it's Thursday and obviously I'm not gonna be here Friday. Um, if you guys are interested in attending the retreat, um, just so you know, it is on my Facebook spirit and coffee talk and you can go to the event and, um, sign up. Um, there's going to be some amazing speakers. I would love for you guys to be a part of that. Um, and then soon enough, I will have my courses. And I think, uh, my course was setting goals and achieving on personal and professional goals, which is really um, the alchemic process to do it. How do you take alchemy and apply it to your life that way? Um, and and there's a process and you can check the process and the process is not mine, but it's to help you create your process so that you can be successful. So hopefully it's helpful. Um, I love you guys so much. Uh, I don't know if you guys are celebrating holidays. Um, I'm going to be on here all the whole time. So there you go. Um, but I love you guys. Have a great day. And of course, I will be seeing you soon. Bye-bye.